Welcome to the 12th edition of the Talk 22 podcast. This week we had the exciting opportunity to chat with Joe Wright, the Executive Director of FACT here in Liverpool. He tells us all about his career journey, the creative and digital community here, and the exciting and upcoming projects and exhibitions that we can all look forward to. Hi Joe. Hello. Thank you for joining me to be in the Talk 22 podcast. Um, if you could just start off by telling me a bit about yourself, about FACT and what you do and your role as Executive Director. Hi, yeah, well, my name's Joe Wright. I'm Executive Director here at FACT. Um, in, in terms of what FACT does as an organisation, we are a national or indeed an international media arts centre um, and arts organisation based in Liverpool. Uh, we have a building in the city centre in the Rope Walks district which houses uh, four cinemas uh, or cinema auditoria, um, two art galleries and an open gallery called Fat Connects uh, and a cafe and a bar and we commission, exhibit, promote and support um, art uh, and innovation in the field of film, video and new media. So our exhibitions characteristically focus on uh, or utilise uh, new creative technologies, whether they be digital technologies or uh, in some cases scientific technologies. Uh, we also have a public programme that uh, aligns with all our exhibitions, which gives people the opportunity to engage with the contents of the exhibition in more interactive ways or around specific um, areas of interest. Uh, and that public programme includes um, uh, workshops, artist talks, screenings, uh, pop-up exhibitions and uh, more participatory activity. We have a learning programme which uh, involves working with uh, young and old people and often uh, both together. Uh, we're very interested in intergenerational learning. And we work with uh, particular demographic groups and communities of interest such as military veterans and uh, more recently veterans in the criminal justice programme. And finally, we have a research and innovation programme, uh, which includes collaborations with universities and academic researchers, but also with um, artists and creative businesses. There's a lot going on here, a fact, and it sounds like you're involved with so many different types of arts and creative media. Is there anything in the creative sphere that you personally love and have like a long history with? Well, my personal background and what brought me to Liverpool is actually the music industry. Um, long since forgotten, I suppose, by many of my peers, but um, music's always been a passion of mine. I was a keen musician growing up and came to Liverpool in the late 90s to run a recording studio uh, with, a, with a family friend and a couple of local musicians and kept that going for 10 or 15 years. Um, in parallel with that, I worked for an organisation called the Merseyside Music Development Agency, which was involved in uh, developing and growing the music scene in Liverpool. So I've got a strong personal attachment to Liverpool's music scene. Um, in recent years, um, I've actually come into the visual arts world, so obviously my work at FACT is primarily around um, promoting uh, visual art and creative technology in, in that field, um, but obviously I still retain a very keen interest in what's going on in the, uh, in the local uh, music industry. Another area that I'm very passionate about um, is the development of the creative economy. So, as I mentioned, my work at the Merseyside Music Development Agency was very much about helping uh, musicians and music entrepreneurs and uh, subsequently entrepreneurs across the creative industries 
to uh, start up and grow their own businesses. So we ran a program that was originally called Music Bias and then became Creative Bias to reflect a widening out beyond music into other sectors such as art, design, fashion, TV and digital. And that was all about helping people to develop products, services and create new businesses and uh, in many cases create jobs. And from from that role, I very much developed an interest in in the economic development of the sector and went to work for an organisation in um, uh, called the Northwest Development Agency, where for three years I was responsible for de- de- developing Media City UK, working with partners in the public and private sector. Um, at the time, it was uh, seen as um, pie in the sky. There were many people when I used to show people around the building site that was at that point Media City who didn't think it would happen. And obviously, if you look at it now, it's a massive digital media hub, um, home to BBC North, ITV Granada Studios, and uh, and a a burgeoning cluster of digital businesses. Um, From there, I went to Cardiff and uh, ran the Welsh Government's creative industries team. So there, working at a national level, helping to promote the growth of the Welsh creative industry sector, which at the time was a £1.6 billion per annum uh, sector growing faster than any other sector in Wales and faster than the creative industries in the UK as a whole. So we were very proud of the work that we did there. And rather than uh, just supporting individual businesses, there we were able to make major interventions in the law, in public policy, in infrastructure, all of which were around growing that sector. And so coming back to Liverpool, as I did two and a half years ago, to join the FACT team, that passion has very much stayed with me. And I think that is one of the reasons, perhaps, why I was appointed over many equally uh, but differently qualified individuals, not having a background in visual arts personally. I think that the board, at FACT, recognised the opportunity for FACT to play a leading role in not just the development of fantastic audience experiences and visual art, but to help grow the creative sector more widely. So um, that's very much been a focus of mine for the last couple of years. Um, And that is starting to come to fruition now, because I mentioned we had a research and innovation programme, which has been going for a number of years at FACT, working with universities and working with uh, partners in the creative sector to develop uh, research and innovation projects. My observation was that we could actually deploy some of that experience, some of our networks, some of the assets that we have, such as our brand, our spaces here at FACT, um, to help grow businesses uh, so that it wasn't just about creating uh, incredible creative content and experiences, but helping to develop sustainable businesses. Um, And uh, to that end, we recently secured in partnership with John Moores University and Liverpool LEP, uh, £2.5 million of European Regional Development Funding, which is no mean feat. As anybody who has tried applying for European funding, it's very much a tour de force in terms of the application and appraisal process, but we were successful. And that will contribute to a £5 million three-year programme called LCR Activate. And we are going to hold a launch event here on the 3rd of October. So... Some of your listeners will hopefully put that date in their diary. Um, It's on Eventbrite, so book your tickets now. And you'll hear more about this programme, which is uh, a range of support for uh, digital and creative industries, SMEs, uh, small and medium-sized enterprises, to develop new products and services, specifically using new and emerging technologies. And the areas that we are focusing on and where we will be supporting businesses to innovate will include things such as big and open data, 
immersive technologies such as virtual reality, augmented reality, um, 360 content production, um, sensor technology. Obviously, Liverpool uh, now is home to Sensor City, which is a major uh, infrastructure investment in making Liverpool a centre of excellence. Sensor technology. We'll be working closely with them and businesses in the creative and digital sector to exploit some of those opportunities. Uh, we'll also be focusing on areas such as uh, cognitive computing and artificial intelligence. Um, many people aren't aware, but Liverpool City Region is home to one of Europe's most powerful uh, supercomputers, the Hartree Centre. And working in partnership with IBM, they are developing um, cognitive computing capabilities that will have massive economic benefits and wider benefits, cultural, social, environmental and otherwise. So we will be working with the Hartree Centre and our partners to help small businesses in Liverpool, whether that's in the Baltic Triangle, in Launch 22, um, uh, anywhere across the city region to engage with those technologies and those kinds of assets to innovate new products and services. Um, and I think distinctively, because this programme, these kind of programmes, are taking place around the world as people recognise and policymakers recognise the importance of the, the digital and creative industries. I think what will make ours different is the involvement with artists, entrepreneurial academics, creative technologists, people who may bring different thinking, different methods, different ideas uh, to the business community in Liverpool City region. So I'm hoping that we will see some really groundbreaking, innovative products, services, new content, new experiences emerge from those collaborations that will really put Liverpool even more firmly on the map as a global uh, centre of excellence and, and uh, place to watch in terms of creative and digital innovation. All of that sounds really amazing and it sounds like you've had like a long and interesting, quite fulfilling career so far. So I was going to ask what is kind of like your favourite thing about FACT or what makes FACT working here different than anywhere else that you've worked so far? Thank you, yes, and I should bear in mind some of my colleagues present and former may listen to this, so I shall choose my words carefully. But uh, as I've outlined, my previous career, I, I started out working in Liverpool in a very small creative business. Um, I was a studio manager and producer songwriter, so I was a creative practitioner myself. And I make no bones about the fact that, that that's been a lifelong passion of mine, making and performing music. Um, as that business, uh, well, in parallel with that business, I also um, worked within a small voluntary sector organisation, which was the Merseyside Music Development Agency, and it started out as uh, two of us, me and uh, a great guy called Pete Fulwell, who is part of Liverpool's music history. Um, he'll need no introduction, certainly to people who've been in the music business in Liverpool for, uh, for decades. Uh, and uh, we, we grew that from a, a couple of people in a back office in Lipper to a team of uh, 20, 22 people at one point. Um, but with that growth came responsibilities and commitments. So um, it was no longer about us being practitioners in the industry. It was about us helping other people to forge their careers and build their businesses in the sector. And one of the ways that you do that and one of the ways that you resource that support is through entering into funding contracts with national government, local council, European funding and so on. And, and there you have to use a different set of skills which are around programme management and um, uh, contract management and, and delivering outputs. 
from there moving into the world of um, regional regeneration and then ultimately to, to government. I was working in organisations that were, well, in the first case, 500 people, and in the second case of the government, 5,000 people. And uh, people equate the public sector with bureaucracy, and those of us who work within it, well, some of us try to minimise that, but it is necessarily um, a working environment that has a lot of regulation, that needs a lot of um, scrutiny, a lot of careful governance. And unfortunately, that can be at the expense of agility, creativity, um, nimbleness. And towards the end of my career in Welsh Government, while we were doing some fantastic things and I had some incredibly talented colleagues there, I started to crave a return back to something that was more inherently creative. And that is what I found here at FACT. And I've gone from being the, the creative person at at the end of a very complex, large, and um, at times bureaucratic organisation, which is a national government, to being the business guy at the other end of the spectrum of an incredibly diverse and creative organisation. We have people here who have decades of experience in filmmaking, in content production, in curating and producing exhibitions. Uh, I have colleagues here who are career academics, um, who do some fantastic research, who produce some incredible ideas and innovations. We have technical experts who can, you know, pull down or throw up complex exhibitions seemingly at the drop of a hat. Um, all incredibly talented and creative. And I think that is one of my favourite things working here at FACT is it is a, a creative organisation in every sense. I sometimes feel like the guy who's bringing the bureaucracy. Hopefully my colleagues will forgive me for that because as in those previous experiences, you need that to, to get the resources that you need to do what you want to do, whether that is producing great art or supporting other businesses to develop their own products and services. Um, so, you know, it takes all sorts to make a world and to make a successful organisation, but I think being surrounded by creative people can be a challenge, but it's also perhaps the most rewarding thing about my time here at FACT. I personally have always admired the fact that as a kid growing up in Liverpool and being exposed to the creative industries on things like school trips and visiting exhibitions, it was always really inspiring as it's like really important to showcase the arts and as you said all the amazing visual arts here is quite specific to the fact as it's not something that you see anywhere else. Have you come across any particular creative content recently that has like really inspired you? If you want to talk a bit about that. Sure. Well, I'll, I'll use a couple of examples from fact. I think um, it may sound like I'm blowing our own trumpet, um, and I make no apologies for that, because I think that if we didn't think that what we did was um, world-class, then why should anybody else? So take a couple of examples. Um, our current exhibition, the New Observatory, which is open until the 3rd of October, explores uh, data surveillance, um, the phenomenon that we've become surveyors of ourselves. I'm wearing a Fitbit today, it's pumping intimate data about my uh, biometrics over to some private company, no doubt in the States, and I've signed away a whole lot of data there. So it, it raises a whole load of ethical, technological and cultural questions about the nature of data. And um, uh, some of the artworks are very d diverse um, array of artworks and I'm not going to talk about any of them individually I think as a collective of um, uh, commissioned and restaged um, artworks it's it, you know it, it, it's it's fantastic and I'd encourage people to come and see it I think a personal favorite 
of mine that, that we have produced in, in recent years um, was a work by an, um, a Japanese electronic artist called Ryoshi Kurakawa. Uh, and we commissioned and staged this, um, let's see, about, um, uh, about nine to 12 months ago here at FACT. Um, it was called Unfold, and it was uh, an immersive audiovisual work that, uh, you know, to give it a simple analogy, it's a bit like being in an IMAX. It was, uh, you know, a triptych of screens that went over your heads and uh, an ambisonic soundscape, which as a former producer and sound engineer, I found particularly exciting. And Ryoshi had uh, taken data from the French Space Agency um, relating to the birth and death of solar systems, so huge data sets. And this is a good example of what artists can do with big data technology. And he had produced this immersive experience, and it was incredibly visceral. Um, he, he set it up, he, he was pushing the technicians to turn the volume up and up and up to the point where they were concerned the building's structural integrity may be threatened. So we had to step back a little bit from that, but as a result, it became a very visceral experience. People would lie on the floor and feel, feel the room shake. Uh, but at the same time, it really blew one's mind um, in terms of the scale of some of the visualizations that he had done of this data. Uh, it was a kind of mixture of sort of literal visualizations and artistic interpretations. That work has gone on to tour internationally. And if anybody's listening and would like to, um, uh, to exhibit it themselves, then come and talk to us because that's an area of our business that we're trying to grow is, is touring work that we either commission or that we bring to Liverpool but we can then take to other venues around the world. So um, that's something that personally is also exciting me from the business perspective at the moment is the potential for us to get more international exposure for some of these exhibitions, which, as I say, I would like to think are, are, are world-class and warrant that kind of inter international exposure. That does sound exciting. Art on tour around the world would make it so much more accessible to people who might not have been exposed to it otherwise. Is there any upcoming projects or anything that might be in the works that you don't mind talking to us about? Any exciting exhibitions or new artists? I think the first thing that springs to mind in terms of upcoming events is the launch of our Activate programme. Uh, so that's the 3rd of October will be the main launch event. But following that, there will be a series of events that we are describing as beyond state of the art. And they will be bringing together um, uh, leading national and international thinkers and speakers and practitioners in each of those areas, such as big data, cognitive computing, immersive technologies, to talk about not just what is currently going on in the marketplace, but what's around the corner. And uh, the intention being that, that this will give insights to local businesses and businesses across the city region. Um, into how they could develop new products and services and get in uh, quickly into those markets and exploit them. Um, we're also working on our artistic programme for next year. We have a number of exhibitions lined up. Some of them are now uh, firm, some of them are in development. Um, one that springs to mind that I'm very interested in because of the scale um, and potential impact of it is an exhibition called After the End of the World which will look at um, an imagined future um, once the impacts of humanity 
on the environment and climate change have manifested themselves and we need to adapt to a new world, new ways of living and being. And this will be an exhibition that will be co-produced by ourselves, uh, two other Liverpool arts organisations and a Spanish organisation. It will be on a scale that we have rarely um, uh, seen in recent years here in Liverpool and across multiple venues and it will be addressing that issue of climate change not just through the exhibition but um, if we can secure the funds through a very large-scale and diverse uh, public and learning program uh, which will include taking some of the exhibition content out on the road through a mobile lab and working with young people and uh, older people to develop their own creative and technical skills but all around that topic of climate change. So that's a very ex exciting exhibition coming up uh, probably in 2019. Next year we are looking at the subject of play. So we will have an exhibition in the spring called States of Play Part 2. It's a kind of second part to uh, a States of Play exhibition that's already taken place. And we're working with a curator to put the detail of that together, but that will be happening in the spring. Uh, in the summer, we will be hosting some of the um, Liverpool Biennial content. And then in the autumn, uh, 2018 this is, we will be holding a uh, what can best be thought of as a finale to um, our Collide programme. And our Collide programme is, is something that we've been doing for a couple of years now in partnership with Arts at CERN, which is the sort of arts division of CERN, the Centre for Nuclear Research, European Centre for Nucle Nuclear Research, and home to the Large Hadron Collider. And this is a programme where we commission an artist through a big international uh, open call where artists c can put forward proposals. And the winning proposal gets a bursary and the opportunity to work in residence at the Large Hadron Collider and also at FACT and produce research and artwork based on their, uh, their collaboration with particle physicists and other scientists and uh, produce an artwork and our exhibition will be featuring some of the amazing work that's come out over those um, residencies over the two or three years that we've been hosting that so I think that will be very exciting as well and the final thing I should mention is next year is our 15th birthday party. So FACT has been going for coming up to 30 years as an organisation, originally under a, another name, but continuously for 30 years. Our building, that many people will know as um, the FACT Centre on uh, Wood Street, uh, has been up and running since 2003, so 2018, as well as being a massive year for the city in terms of the 10th anniversary of Capital Culture, will also be the 15th year of the Fact Centre. So we are planning um, a birthday party. And I'm not going to say any more, um, but it is going to be uh, it's going to be great. And it's going to be a whole programme of really exciting um, art, innovation, celebration. It's just going to be great fun. So April the 13th, put that date in your diary. Um, uh, more to follow. Out of all the projects you've just listed, and there certainly is a lot going on here at all times, I personally like the sound of the climate change exhibition. I think art is really powerful when it comments on things like environmental issues, social issues and politics. Climate change is particularly relevant as well in regards to what's going on in the US right now with Hurricane Harvey and things like that. My last question would be, what advice do you have for someone looking to get involved in the creative industries here in Liverpool? 
Well, I think now there's no better time than now to get involved in the creative industries in Liverpool. It is one of the fastest growing clusters in the country. We've got some amazing assets, um, large and small. Um, we've got some fantastic businesses doing some really exciting stuff. Um, in terms of how to get involved, um, well, experience, there is no substitute for experience. So any opportunity that you can have to get that experience, whether it's through work placement or something more structured like an apprenticeship, I'd certainly encourage people to do. Um, there are some great initiatives going on around the city that are helping people develop the skills they need, but at the same time also develop some of those connections that might be able to give them experience and, and indeed employment. Um, there's initiatives like Innovators Hub, which of course is led by Robin Dooley, um, who has, is part of the history of Launch 22. There is the uh, Agent Academy. Uh, which is part of agent marketing and what they are doing both of those those initiatives really is providing a, a combination of on-the-job experience and uh, kind of real-world training for people who are trying to get into the digital and creative sectors so um, they're certainly worth looking at as, as possible routes in. Um, in fact we're also working with a great uh, organization called Liverpool Girl Geeks who can um, provide girls and young women with um, digital skills and I think that that is paramount. I think that one of the greatest challenges facing our digital and creative industries nationally and certainly within Liverpool City region is having a pipeline of talented, skilled young people and older people. You know, it could be people moving into the sector having spent years gaining experience in other industries who now want to, to deploy that skill, those skills and experience into our growing creative industries where there will be job opportunities. So making sure that we have the skills there is, is critical and while the universities, the schools, the FE colleges obviously are doing their bit, it's evident that there are still gaps that need to be addressed. So uh, the likes of Liverpool Girl Geeks through the academy that they're doing here with us at FACT um, and those other organisations such as Innovators Hub, Agent Academy and there are others who are helping to take people who've got some of that basic educational understanding but perhaps lack some of the industry ready skills and, and workplace experience and helping to acquire that. Um, that's, that's what we need and one of the roles that I have and again this is something that I I put myself forward to because of my previous experience and my, my passion for developing the creative economy as well as individual businesses and, and individual art projects um, is I sit on a board called the, uh, the LEP Digital and Creative Board and, and we are a collective of probably around 15 leaders from across the sector in the city region. We have people there from universities, we have uh, most people around that table are from the private sector, whether those are large companies like IBM, uh, ShopDirect, Vodafone, or smaller companies like Red Ninja, Amaze, um, and so on. And uh, collectively we are trying to uh, develop a strategy for the sector and, and to implement that strategy. I think we've all seen uh, lots of well-meaning dialogue and ideas about what needs to happen. Uh, we're very interested in making things happen, so watch this space for work that we're going to take forward to, to support um, people in the sector, whether those are individuals trying to get into the industry or, or businesses trying to grow. But I think that issue of skills and talent is absolutely paramount. Thank you for taking the time to talk with me today. I'm sure your schedule is like really busy here at FAC, listening to all the things that you guys have got going on. Um, I wish you best of luck with all your future projects. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure to speak to you.
it was great catching up with Joe right here at the Fact Building. He mentioned so many events, exhibitions and projects, so make sure you're always up to date with the schedule here. I'll list all the relevant links in the description if you do want to find out more about what's going on at Fact. And thank you for listening. Until next time. Thank <music> you.